You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Surprise! Welcome back. Uh, this is Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. We've been gone for a minute, but that's not entirely on us. Uh, there really hasn't been a lot of animated content. Uh, the last time I think that we talked to you guys was Star Wars Visions, um, and I haven't been on a podcast in a long time. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I, I am your host, Michael Cohen. Joining me I uh, for this conversation about Tales of the Jedi, uh, we're going to talk about the three Dooku episodes. We've got uh, I, th- th- Kyle. What do I call? What? What's? What's? Wh- what? What was my intro for you? There's something about you being tall or something. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. <laughs> Kyle. Royal uh, heightness. A little short yeah. for a Wookie. Yeah, I. <laughs> uh, we got Kyle Avery, of course, How's uh, it going, and. Now, here, this other one, how could I forget? The illustrious Joe oh, Hogan. I was going to call you out if you didn't call him the illustrious <laughs> Joe Hogan. Oh, I, it's, I can't deny. Like, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's the only way to fly. Uh, you guys, I missed you. I missed uh, talking yeah. the wars with you. You know what? So did I. Because here's the funny thing. Earlier in this, uh, uh, the year of our Lord, 2022, the Lord, our Lord being George Lucas, of course, uh, I... I did. I did tell everybody that I was done with Star Wars podcasting. Right. I quit. Um, I was going to re- retire from Star Wars podcasting. Right. That was the plan. Here's the thing. Yes, I am going back on that. I am absolutely recanting it, and I'm here. And not only that, I've also been Star Wars podcasting since like September. But I. But but I. I do have a good reason. <laughs> so you guys might recall. Um, that back then, back back when Book of Boba Fett ended, um, I, first of all, we were going into Obi Wan, and uh, and I just wanted to enjoy Obi Wan. That was my biggest thing. Is like I just couldn't see a world where I would podcast about Obi Wan and also still get to enjoy that show. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I I and then Andor was not really of any interest to me until Andor started airing, and then all of a sudden it was like, this is this is some good stuff. Um, the other thing that happened is that Amanda, my co-host from the Thunder Quack podcast, uh, and previous to that, uh, Quiver the Green Arrow podcast, we were supposed to do our new podcast, uh, Let's Reboot Student Bodies. Student Bodies was like a, a, a real cult. Uh, hit show from the uh, late 90s early 2000s and we were gonna we were gonna do a thing where because amanda works uh in animation uh, as a, a producer um and and uh, does some like indie live action stuff as well um and you guys know i like to draw cartoons and i like to talk about tv shows so our plan was that we were actually going to put together a pitch to reboot this show right and we were going to do it as a podcast where we would like watch episodes of the show and then like in order to to like put together what our pitch was for the reboot of this show student bodies we got two episodes in we actually as a matter of fact we recorded one episode 
we went to record the second episode. When we went to record the second episode, Amanda was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I, I, so she, she, not just that she couldn't do that show in particular. So that was a part of it. She was definitely like, mm, this is not what I remember it being. And I was like, I don't know what you thought it was. <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's a teen sitcom from the late nineties. I, I, but I, I, she, she was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. And also I'd kind of just like to stop podcasting altogether. And I was like, Whew. all right, then. Um, it's cool. It's not like I quit every other podcast that I'm doing in order to do this one. I, I'm just giving her a hard time. I, I, so that really like tossed everything back up. So I had to like pivot, come up with a whole bunch of new stuff. This is, I'm assuming that this is update for the majority of our rebel cells listeners, right? This is an um, update for me. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah, so I, I knew, so, I knew a lot of this, but not the whole backstory. Yeah. The, so the student bodies and everything. So we got, we've got the Patreon, right? And because we've got the Patreon, which we are always eternally grateful for everybody who supports us over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. I, I got all these people and I'm on the hook with content, right? Like, like they're giving us <laughs> money every month and expecting to get something in return. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I, and, and I had to pivot real fast. I, and I came up with, uh, with two shows that I wanted to, to basically like test out um, pilot. Right. So it was put out as projects. One was, I, uh, force perspectives which is sort of what we had been doing with faster more intense when we weren't doing the 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 recap episodes the review episodes right so where i would just have a guest on and we would just talk about a topic but i, I wanted to focus it in a little bit more on sort of like everybody's like individual star wars journey um and then I also had an idea that instead of just going back to all my star wars friends who i've already talked to on other podcasts about star wars that i would grab some of my other podcast friends start bringing them in to talk about star Wars. That didn't turn out so well, that didn't really go the way that I wanted it to. I'll talk more about that in a second. The other show is perfect 10, which I, I use this term perfect 10, which is just like, it's a, like it's a, it's anything. It could be a movie, a TV show, a comic book, a video game, whatever. That's um, that for me, is just like, I just call it, it's a perfect 10, right? Does it mean that it's a, like that it's, that it is an absolute 10 out of 10 without flaw masterpiece to everyone across the board no but to the to me and the person that i'm talking to on the podcast absolutely it's a perfect 10 um and and you know a lot of that stuff tends to translate pretty universally i i with the geeks at least with our audience um <laughs> joe you 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 were on an episode already you that's right we, we talked about the ghostbusters um which which is a great example of a perfect 10 like i mean that that original ghostbusters movie is phenomenal so go listen to that go check out perfect 10 that podcast is going awesome that podcast is fantastic oh, um good. and uh, and i'm having so much fun recording episodes of that i'm actually recording an episode later this week with uh with uh, uh danny uh who's been on uh uh, faster, more intense, and forced perspectives. Um, I and we're going to talk about Avatar, 
I, I, I b- b- blue cat avatar, not last airbender avatar. Although eventually somebody will want to come on and talk about avatar, the last <laughs> airbender, I'm sure. But, uh, but we're going to talk about avatar sort of in advance of like an anticipation of the way of water coming out. Um, so that's, that's going to be our next episode. And I'm really excited to talk about that. I, I, but yeah, that podcast is going awesome. Force perspectives is a little bit of a false start. I, 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 the last two episodes, I did one with my friend Curtis, who people might know if they've listened to some of the other podcasts, in particular Pullbox podcast that he and I did for a while, or uh, Cartoon Afternoon, uh, Disney Dad's Cartoon Afternoon that we did for a while as well. Um, and and here's the thing about, and then I did one with Andy Babak, who people would know from Quiver uh, and from his own podcast, Flash Podcast, DC TV Podcast, and all that stuff. Here's the thing about talking to non-Star Wars fans about Star Wars. Um they don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> which is like not a bad thing in and of itself, except that like it, it makes facilitating a conversation specifically about star Wars, very difficult. Right. So, um, I, Curtis ended up mostly talking about animation history and, and, uh, the history of the company Nelvana, which is a Canadian animation studio that did like the Ewoks and droids cartoons and, uh, uh, and among other things. Um, and it's in fact a, a reference in the Gendy Tartakovsky clone Wars season two, the planet Nelvan. And the oh, blue... I, I knew it when I heard it. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the blue, the blue bear people. So the, the logo mm. for Nelvana is a blue logo with a polar bear on it. So the Nelvan are actually like literally like they're blue bear people, right? Like it's a, it's awesome. a reference to Nelvana. Um, who did like the first piece of Star Wars animation, which was in the holiday special. And then they did droids. And, and anyways, you can go listen to that episode of Force Perspectives if you want to. And Curtis goes real deep into it. But we don't really talk about Star Wars that much. And then Andy and I ended up doing a Black Adam review in the middle of our conversation. <laughs> about Star- I'm just like, this isn't working. So here's the deal. I, I, Bad Batch is coming back in January. I... I am so excited about it because uh, I got to see stuff at Star Wars Celebration and the stuff that I saw at Star Wars Celebration got me all kinds of hyped up about Bad Batch. Um, and then and then on top of that, I got to see the first episode of this little thing called Tales of the Jedi. I, I, and so way back in May, I got to see the first episode of that along with everybody else at Star Wars Celebration that got into that panel, right? But um, since then, I have kind of been wrestling with this idea of like, what am I going to do? Because I really want to talk about this. And I'd really like to talk about it, you know, with my friends that I like to talk about this stuff with. Uh, and uh, if we're going to do that, then we may as well record it and put it out for everybody else to listen to. So it's been it's been like just a few months of me like thinking like, am I am I going to do this? I said that I was retiring. I said that I was done. And then earlier, like Crystal and I were talking about it on the weekend. And I kind of came to that realization of like, well, I retired so that I could put all of my effort into that other thing. And then I, and then that other thing didn't pan out. And so 
I guess I can put that effort that I was going to put the, into that back into this, which is, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm kind of mad at myself that we kind of like lost focus and, and all that sort of thing. And there are other reasons around that, which, which I, I longtime listeners might actually be able to suss that out on their own. I'm not going to say anything, but you know, the animation stuff, the, the, this podcast has been a little bit tumultuous in the last couple of years. And I, uh, I, and so I think there was a little bit of that as well, but here's, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to be back in January for bad batch. We are going to talk about the three Dooku episodes of tales of the Jedi tonight. Uh, we're going to either like it, like sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to come back and we're going to do the, the talk about the three Ahsoka episodes. Um, so you've got those, this episode and then another one coming soon um for rebel cells uh and then and then in january we'll i mean there's 18 episodes of bad batch coming so you guys have got 18 episodes coming for that um and i haven't talked about obi-wan kenobi uh, to any real degree i haven't talked about Andor at all on any podcasts um and uh and and also there's this other thing that's a lucasfilm project that i've seen the first three episodes of uh, uh, that that I can tell you guys about, and that's Willow, and it's awesome. I oh, love it. Cool. Uh, it, it if you like Will, if you like the movie Willow, I think I think like, and you want like, it's not so much about like, oh, did you like the movie? This is like the movie. If you like the vibe of that movie, which is like sword and sorcery fantasy stuff, um, but with a great sense of humor, and you like Warwick Davis, then I. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna be satisfied with Willow. I I can say that pretty certainly. Um, is it like the highest production value show ever? No, it doesn't hold a candle to like the Rings of Power. Not even close, <laughs> right? Uh, is it somewhere around The Witcher? Yeah, I would say yeah. It's probably somewhere around where The Witcher is at. That's I, fair. That's fair. But like, I just watched season two. I finally just watched season two of The Witcher, and. Uh, and, I, and that was awesome. And I'm just like, like all this fantasy stuff lately has just got me so happy. So I, so I'm going to be doing reviews of Willow. I, a week, week to week when the episodes come out, even, even though maybe I've seen some episodes already, but that's fine. Um, uh, as they come out, I'm going to review them. I'm going to do that on the force perspectives podcast. So make sure you're subscribed over there. Um, I, and then I, I think that'll probably carry me through December. I'm obviously still doing uh, perfect 10, but that's every four weeks um, for that one. Um, so, so not a ton of episodes between now and bad batch, but then we're gonna come back to bad batch. When bad batch is done, I'm going to pop back over to force perspectives. Uh, Willow. I'm probably just going to do by myself. I think I'm just going to do like 30 minute, like, like, like this is what I thought sort of review episodes. Um, nothing too intense, but after Bad Batch ends, um, and after Mandalorian season three ends, I uh, because when Mando season three starts, we're gonna we'll do weekly reviews of that on Force Perspectives, as uh, and so I think that there's gonna be overlap. We don't I we don't have a date yet for Mando, right? I keep feeling like we have a date, but we don't actually. We just know that it's sometime like February, March. Yeah, I think John Favreau said February. Um, yeah, like in an so, interview or something, but that hasn't been on any of the trailers or anything. Yeah, so like Bad Batch is going to carry us from January. It's eighteen episodes, so it's going to carry us through until like 
I don't know, what does that put us into? That puts us into like that'll be like April, like April maybe or May, May, right? Um, so if they go, if it's if they air straight through week after week without any breaks, right? So, um, so that's almost certainly going to overlap with Mando. I figure out how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it. I, I I think I'm just going to bank a whole bunch of perfect ten episodes so that I'm only dealing with two podcasts at a time. But it'll seem <laughs> it'll seem like I'm putting out three podcasts at once. Um, and when Mando's done, I'm going to circle back. I'm going to do Obi Wan, and then I'm going to do Andor. I I and 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 I don't know what that'll be if I'll have co-hosts or if it'll if it'll be like I'm going to do with Willow um, to just kind of like give my thoughts on it. But I. Uh, I, but here's the thing, like, like doing like Andor, no problem. Nobody, nobody has anything bad to say about Andor, except so, some people are mad that it's like too good or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and Obi-Wan, there was a little bit of people whining, like in the middle episodes, but I feel like those people were just whining to whine for the most part, everybody really liked Obi-Wan. Right. So, um, the things that I was worried about happening, which is what had happened with Mando and book of Boba Fett didn't happen with those two shows, which I ended up kind of kicking myself and being like, well, I want to be a part of this conversation. I mean, granted, I did talk on what the force with Marie Claire about Obi-Wan. Uh, after we saw the premiere, uh, the the the, I, I think what, did we get to see the two episodes at Celebration? I don't remember now. Yes, one or two. We got to see two, right? Yeah, it was um, the first two. Yeah, so so I did do like we did like a midnight uh, recording of a podcast in her hotel room uh, to talk about our first impressions on Obi Wan. So I have talked about Obi Wan on the internet. Um, so go over and listen to What the Force, uh, and then tell Marie Claire how much you love that episode and how I need to be on that podcast all the time. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, but, but I want to come back. I want to do like, like episode by episode, uh, recap, um, not necessarily full on recaps. Cause that's the thing. Bad batch. We're not doing recaps this season. We're just going to talk about it. Just like right now, we're just going to talk about tales of the Jedi. We're not going to go through beat by beat and pick it apart and all that stuff. We're going to do what Joe and I did with Book of Boba Fett, which I think was a lot more fun for us and hopefully was more enjoyable for you guys listening. Um, is just to talk mostly about the stuff, try and mostly talk about the stuff that we liked. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, I think we kind of veered off every once in a while. And like, <laughs> I don't know why they did this. But, um, but that's Book of Boba Fett. That's Book of Boba Fett. Solid first three episodes. Two random Mandalorian episodes in the middle. Um, and Those are the best ones. That, yeah, but they just weren't episodes of Book of Boba Fett. That's all. I I, I was still very thankful for them because yeah, I wasn't no. enjoying Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> they were phenomenal, right? But it was like it was like, but where's the Boba Fett? Right? It's like it's yeah. like you open up a package of Oreos and you're like, the first three are perfect Oreos. You're like, these are fantastic, and then the fourth one, you're like, this one is a little bit off. And then you get to the to the the fifth and the sixth ones, and there's like there's not even any, there's no there's no cream in these Oreos. They're just cookie, right? And you're like, there's, it's, there's, it's there's two there's two filet mignons in your Oreo package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cooked perfection, yeah. and they're warm too. That's weird. Yeah, it's so odd, so odd. I, I and then you come back and you're and and it's like oh here, it's Boba Fett's back and the Mandalorians with him. I. But and 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 Boba Fett's gonna ride on a Rancor, which is exactly what you guys asked for. We just didn't earn any of the cool stuff that's gonna happen in this finale. We just we just rushed to it. Um, 
as I as I said on Book of Boba Fett on on Fast and More Intense when we were doing those, it's just like it just should have been two seasons. Like they should have the, those first three episodes should have been a season. They should have broken that out into more episodes, made that the first season, and then let Mando <laughs> be Mando on Mando, and yeah. then come back and d- did the rest of that story. I I in in season two of book of boba fett but it feels like they kind of they're rushing towards some sort of they have their epic event thing that they want to do and whatever uh in any case we're gonna talk we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about star wars is that is that cool with you guys is that okay with you guys if we just talk about star wars that's absolutely fine with me. I have nothing better to do. And and speaking um, of speaking of talking about Star Wars, raise yeah. your hand if you actually thought Mike was going to stay retired from Star Wars. Yeah, as soon forever. as he, he said it, I was like, oh, out. okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is what I've learned. When Mike says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. When Mike says he isn't going to do something, he's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, like, like, here we are, we're back. Uh, all of that, that, that's a, that's a 20 minute explanation that brings everybody up to speed. Um, and also gives you guys an idea of the stuff that I want to do in the future. Um, basically like now it's just like, I like, let me just, I just want to do fun Star Wars podcasting. That was supposed to be the idea with, uh, with Force Perspectives as I was trying to sort of craft something that was going to be like, not, I, I don't want it to be like that, you know, like there's like that toxic positivity thing on Twitter of like these people who are just like, I don't understand why you guys can't just like all Star Wars. And it's like, well, because some Star Wars sucks, you guys like, <laughs> like, like there are a lot of really bad Star Wars books. There are a lot of really bad Star Wars comics. There's a there. I mean, like there are more bad Star Wars video games than there are good ones. Right. So. Like, like it's like Star Wars sucks sometimes. Like the MCU sucks sometimes, and and I mean, like I usually find redeeming stuff to to pull out of it. But but every once in a while, these things that we love aren't always great, and that's okay. But my idea was that I wanted to have a show where we focused on the things that we loved about Star Wars, so that we would stop complaining about Rise of Rise of Skywalker all the time. Um, I refuse to stop complaining about Rise of Skywalker all the time. That's the thing. And see, I'm trying trying to just focus on the stuff that I love and put Rise of Skywalker (laughs) as far from my mind as possible. Yeah, but here's the thing. It didn't work. Like, that's the thing. It didn't work. Um, No, I, I, so yeah, I, like, I think, I think, I think there's just, there's enough stuff coming out that, that's, I, I. I don't know. I think I think if we just kind of keep our eyes on the prize and keep our focus on the things that we like and try not to be overly critical. And my problem is getting caught up in like the 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 echo chamber stuff, right? Like, and that's sure. a like that's a me issue, not uh, <laughs> like not Star a Wars. Star Wars issue. That's yeah. just me like being on Twitter uh, too much, and which isn't going to be a problem for very long. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I just sort of being terminally online. Right. Um, so like, that's a, that's a thing I need to work on. I, uh, so that, so that I can still like have these conversations and enjoy it. But there was definitely a moment there where I was just like, this is too hard and I'm not having fun and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah. But I think that I'm over it. I think that I got over it. This is, I think this is the big thing. We had a really great time with Bad Batch. I, I, although like, you know, there was a couple episodes in there that I could take or leave, but for the most part, when I think back on Bad Batch season one and our conversations about it, I think that like that, that was a really good podcast. Um, and we had a good time doing it. Book of Boba Fett, as much as you and I would go back and forth on complaining on about stuff, Joe, <laughs> I, the, the further away we got from having recorded those episodes, the more I missed just talking to you about Star Wars. So it's, it's just this thing of like, well, I just want to podcasting at the end of the day works the best for me when it's just about connecting with my friends, right? Like just because I wouldn't, I don't talk to you guys very much otherwise, which is just a, the nature of being adults, right? We have lives, yeah. right? So it, it's tough unless we have this excuse uh, and this accountability that we hold ourselves to, to like hang out and talk about Star Wars every once in a while, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, I just, I, I was sort of denying myself something that, that, that was enjoyable and that I did like, because I was mad at these other things. So I don't want like, let's not, let's just talk about awesome Star Wars. And, uh, and they put out Tales of the Jedi and it was like, it's ridiculous that we haven't done an episode about this yet. <laughs> like the longer we went. So when I said to you guys, what's, what's up with bad batch, what's the plan, which was me like gauging the, 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 like it was me dipping the toe in the water with the both of you of like, uh, do, do Joe and Kyle even have the time or want to make the time to do this? And you guys were both like, Oh, I'm up for it. If you guys are up for it. And it was like, it was one of those things of like, okay, cool. All three of us are willing to enable each other's uh, bad decision on this one and, uh, and, and, and cover bad batch. So, <laughs> I, so then it was like, we should probably talk about tales of the Jedi considering it's kind of part of all of this. Right. Um, so we are, so here we are, let's do it. Let's we, we've talked about everything else enough. Let's get into Let's get into Tales of the Jedi. Specifically, uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about the three uh, Dooku episodes. Uh, oh, I should have had IMDb open because now I'm like, what are they called? I had a page open that had like all the titles on it because they're on the posters. There's There are these posters. I don't know if you guys saw this because like... I feel like they just like they put out Tales of the Jedi and then they just like they're like, cool, we did that. And it was like, um, do you guys maybe want to talk about it a little bit? Maybe put out an episode every week. Um, the yeah. first episode was titled Justice, which was about Dooku and Qui-Gon uh, going to a planet and Dooku almost murdering a senator. Uh, and then Choices was the second one, which was about Dooku and Mace Windu and Dooku. um almost murdering some guards uh, and maybe, maybe actually also murdering Mace Windu, but uh, like only in his head. Not, not and, really. and causing the death of a Senator. I, I mean like, well, that was good. That kind of happened. That wasn't really his choice, but well, I know, I know it's just sure. yet and another then, death of a Senator. Yeah. And then the Sith Lord where uh, Dooku uh, does murder uh, Yaddle. So uh, spoilers, I guess. Sorry, guys. You've had a few weeks to watch these. Uh, these each run about 15 minutes. They're, they're, they're in that range. Um, I think the longest one is the Ahsoka, the first Ahsoka episode, which is 19 minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, so this, this is the thing that I love about 
Tales of the Jedi is that this was really just Dave Filoni going, shoot, there's some really important stuff that we haven't covered um, that is going to be important in some other stories I'm about to tell. I, I, that, or that we're about to tell, like that the story group's about to tell. I don't know what that Dooku stuff is, is leading into. I think maybe we'll find out in Bad Batch season two. The Ahsoka stuff is obvious. We've got the Ahsoka series coming. Uh, is it? It's in. It's it's going to be late twenty twenty three, right? So, uh, like, I think probably somewhere around the Andor slot was this year. Um, so that there's obviously stuff in there of like, oh, we want to fill in some gaps with Ahsoka's story. We want to fill in some gaps with Dooku's story. I uh, I and so these three episodes really just like place us at these points in time. We get to see Qui-Gon as a Padawan. And apparently the defining characteristic of Qui-Gon as a Padawan is that he refused to wear an undershirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of the Jedi have like that one robe underneath. And he was like, no, it's too constricting. I gotta, I gotta have my Rob Roy chest out. Yeah. Uh, I, we have to have one Jedi that looks like Luke on that classic new hope poster that totally. you know, he didn't actually look like in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but 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 Qui Gon in this actually does look like that, as opposed to Mark yeah. Hamill, who definitely did not. Um, no offense, Mark. I I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like I, but I love it because we we get that, so we get to see a little bit of Dooku as Qui Gon's master, which we've never really gotten all that much of before. If you've ever listened to. Um, the Dooku Jedi lost, uh, which I think, I think that originally came out just as an audio thing. Right. And then eventually Mm -hmm. they put it out as a book as well, Um, which it's fantastic. I like if, if people haven't listened to it, I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, Cause that really gives you a lot of backstory on Dooku and why he uh, became the Jedi that he became and eventually uh, turned to the dark side and everything. But we get a little, we get uh, some extra pieces of of that story peppered throughout this. Um, it's actually one of those things where it's almost like you actually kind of need Jedi Lost in order to fully appreciate the first two episodes of this. I think the third one, I think everybody can 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 get into, but but those first two, it's like they're really really flavored. Uh, I like like the context the subtext and everything that's going on is really flavored if you if you've listened to that audiobook or or read it um but uh yeah so it's just sort of like setting up like his conflict with the jedi council and um <laughs> qui-gon really should have been a little bit more concerned about the fact that he was going to murder that senator i feel like Qui-Gon <laughs> yeah. was a little too chill about it but um but it also actually like fills in a bunch of these gaps with qui-gon and gives us a bunch of extra context for him uh, and why he is Qui-Gon Jinn, why he has the conflict with the council that he does. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I like, let's do it this way. Out of the, out of the three episodes, I, what, what were each of your favorite moments? Kyle, let's start with you. What was your favorite part of watching these three Dooku stories? Oh gosh. Uh, so one favorite moment, from all three of them all together. Yeah. Like what's the thing that stands out, right? Like, cause there's gotta be something that like jumps to mind immediately 
I, yeah. there, I know that there is for me, but like, I'm just wondering for you. Well, honestly, for me, it's not even one particular moment or scene or anything. It really is just the way that it fleshes out his character arc. I yeah. feel like it makes Dooku such a more like fully realized character. I feel like we know him so much better now than we did before. And um, it's interesting because you were talking about how, you know, maybe they're doing this to, you know, lead into something or, um, you know, they, they want to put this out because they maybe have future plans for these characters, which obviously they, they do with Ahsoka. Um, but at least, you know, my own sort of guess or interpretation or whatever, I'm not expecting that we're going to get more stuff with Dooku in the near future. I think this was just kind of Dave Filoni um, thinking like, hey, you know, if we're going to do some, you know, just some short stories. And um, I know he said these were stories that he would like write on the plane going back and forth from like San Francisco to L.A. when they were working on The Mandalorian. Um, and I think after doing Clone Wars and having kind of like closed the book on the prequel era, more or less, he maybe was just like, hey, you know what? Like, there's still a lot of stuff around Dooku that we have an opportunity to flesh out. Um, and just, I mean, like, you're right. We've got the Dooku Jedi lost um, and, you know, some other little things here and there in, in books and comics and just bits of the lore that we know and stuff. But like, really, we've only ever known Dooku as a bad guy. And we know, like his backstory is that he was a Jedi, but getting to see these stories and seeing him as a Jedi and like understanding his, like sort of the, um, where his, his issues with the Republic and with the Jedi come from and just understanding his motivations for why he leaves. Um, and then of course, eventually turns to the dark side and just seeing, seeing those seeds get planted, seeing, you know, him kind of progress through the, the different stages of his life. I just feel like I appreciate him so much more as a character now. Mm. Um, and really for me going into these, like the Ahsoka episodes were the ones I was really looking forward to. Um, especially, you know, the one with her and Anakin and Rex. And, you know, I was just like, yes, we're getting more Clone Wars content and I love Ahsoka. And so I couldn't wait to see more of her. And I was interested to see what they did with the Dooku stuff, but like, I wasn't as hyped about it. And honestly, I came away feeling like the Dooku stuff was like the real meat and potatoes of this whole thing. And some of the yeah. Ahsoka stuff was almost more like icing on the cake. Like it was still really good. But I feel like you, at least for me, I feel like you don't necessarily need those Ahsoka episodes to like really understand and appreciate her character. But like, this is essential Dooku stuff right here. Like after yeah. seeing this, I'm like, I feel like, you know, th th it's night and day difference from uh, before we saw this to after. Well, I, th I think what it does is so funny because this is one of those things. Um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to veer off. This is a tangent. If anybody has ever read the, the Avengers versus X-Men, uh, uh, comic books, uh, which is a big event that they did uh, years ago now. Um, Cyclops is a character who like a lot of people, especially like sort of in the, in the two thousands, um, uh, in particular, I think after the, the movies, like Cyclops became this, this like a running joke of like, oh, Cyclops is a jerk. Oh, Cyclops is, is, is such a, such a, an asshole sort of thing. Right. Like, because those movies were from the perspective of Wolverine and like they, they, so they painted them sort of adversarially. Um, and then Avengers versus X-Men Cyclops is like one of the central characters in it as the leader of the X-Men. Um, and uh, throughout the course of that story, you get all this stuff where like you start to realize that like he's kind of a jerk because he has to be because because he, he was a teenager and this uh, uh, bald man who could read everybody's mind was like, hey, uh, I have all of these hopes and dreams for mutant kind and I'm kind of going to put it all on your shoulders. And so that's all going to be on you. 
uh, and you're you're gonna you're gonna have to carry the weight of that, and then you know, like uh, uh, I'm gonna die a couple of times and leave you alone to figure that out. But I'll come back. But then I'll die again. But then I'll come back. Um, and you're gonna have to figure out, you know, how how to how to deal with uh, uh, just like solve racism. Can you just solve racism? I <laughs> uh, you shoot concussive blasts out of your eyes can you somehow use that to solve racism by leading this team of 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 other weirdos um and so like like that that responsibility and that weight is the thing that turns cyclops into this guy who's got to be a jerk to everybody else because nobody else takes that responsibility seriously and so it's like that burden burden of leadership thing and oh through the course of that comic all of a sudden i came to realize like a Cyclops is my favorite member of the X-Men, which I had sort of forgotten from when I was a kid because everybody gets all into the Wolverine stuff and Nightcrawler and like all these other characters that are, that are quote unquote cooler. Right. Um, but then I came back around to him and was like, Oh no, like he's the leader of the X-Men and he's like, he's, he is actually awesome. And there's a reason why he has to be a jerk and turns into a bit of a villain, which is what relates it back into Dooku for me of like, you watch these episodes and it's like in the same way that because there's the joke of like Magneto was right. Right. And then, and then when Cyclops did his turn, there was like a joke on it of like Cyclops was right. And I feel like we need, uh, uh, maybe for the next celebration, uh, and, and Joe, you're, you're going to be going to the one the, in Europe. Right. So maybe we'll, we'll, we'll load you up with some merch to hand out. Um, cause, cause I think, I think that we need a Dooku was right pin. <laughs> you know, like, because I think that like the, that's the key thing here is that the way that he went about it, obviously, um, manipulated by, by Sidious, um, which we really only get like a taste of, we really only get just like that little, that little Susan, uh, just a sort of a whiff of it, uh, in this, which is unfair. Cause we get so much of this other stuff and it's like, oh man, but like, I really want to know how Palpatine got his hooks into dooku Mm -hmm. um we know what he was preying on which was this sentiment that the republic was corrupt which if you go back into dooku jedi lost um his father was corrupt right like like the the count of sereno right and like and and treated him like garbage and you know like there there was all there's all this stuff to do with his family um and the, and and the reason why he initially says that he left the Jedi Order, right? But I, but like that, like you see some of that stuff in this as well with that senator, with this corruption that's going on, and with this sentiment that the Jedi are the lapdogs of the Republic and all that stuff. And so it's like, even Yaddle is like, "You're right. I stepped down from the Jedi Council because you're right." And we can we can solve it. And he's put in that he's put in that position between the two of them of like he's got to make a choice one way or the other. Uh, and and obviously he ends up going with Palpatine, which is another. I can't believe that in a world where we've already got the choice with Anakin, right? Of like he's he's being pulled between the Jedi Order and Palpatine, and we get that moment every time I watch Revenge of the Sith. I have that same feeling of like, don't do it, Anakin. Please, this time, don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time, and it doesn't matter that there are six other movies that are predicated on the fact that he must turn. Every time I watch that movie, 
I still have the feeling of like, no, you're that stupid kid from Tatooine. Don't do this. Just yell yippee and go race a pod. (laughs) You don't have to do this every single time. And then in this, with the Dooku moment, like with that moment where, where Palpatine is like, oh, so like you betrayed me sort of thing. And he's like, no, no, no. And it's like, he's being pulled in both directions and he makes that decision to, to follow the, the, the path of the dark side. Right. And I just, cause I just watched these episodes before we started recording tonight because they're only 15 minutes each. And it was like, I can, I can knock this out in like 45. So I just watched them really quick uh, while I was getting stuff prepped and it gets to that point And I'm just like, I, it's amazing that they did it again, that like that, that Filoni and, and crew managed to, to create another turn and a character that, like you were saying previously, he was only really a bad guy. And we kind of like reveled in him being this like movie villain. Right. And now all of a sudden there's all this extra nuance of like, I don't want Dooku to turn. I want Dooku to, to, and Yaddle to turn on Palpatine in that moment and strike yeah. Palpatine down and then go back to the council and go, everything is wrong. A, a, a Sith Lord was about to become chancellor or had just become chancellor. Like we need to, everything needs to stop. Qui-Gon's dead. And this is why. And you know, like, but we've extinguished the Sith and you know, like, like, but now we need to fix the Jedi order, but we'll never get it. Right. And, and, um, and it begs the question of like, does anybody know what happened to Yaddle? Yeah. Right. Like nobody ever talks about it in any other context. Right. So now we have this question of like, what does everybody think happened to Yaddle? She stepped down from the, it, it makes, it actually makes the Jedi council this. I'm having a revelation as we're talking about this. This is why I love doing this podcast. <laughs> it makes everything the council does after the Phantom Menace, even worse, even worse. Qui-Gon goes to them and says, I encountered someone in on Tatooine that was trained in the Jedi arts. You think it's a Sith? I don't see what else it could be, you guys. No, it's not a Sith. The Sith are dead. Uh, okay, but it's serious. This is a serious issue. Cool, cool, cool. Well, like, just go to Naboo and, like, if this guy's a Sith, he'll show up, I guess. Right? And it's like, well, now you've got egg on your face, Mace Windu, because Qui-Gon died. Because you guys were so cavalier about the fact that the Sith, your eternal enemies, might have returned. And everybody was like, I don't think so, though. I don't, I, you know, I think we would have noticed you guys. And, and Qui-Gon's like, Qui-Gon's over here like, yeah, I noticed. This is me noticing. And they all ignored him. And he died because of it. And then Yaddle steps down from the, from the Jedi Council because of what happens to Qui-Gon. Right? And then they continue to just, like, for the next 10 years, carry on business as usual meanwhile dooku is creating the separatist alliance and they're like well maybe this is a problem maybe we maybe we should pay attention to this but we're not going to right the clone army is created in the middle of all of this they don't even notice right palpatine just continues to be like i'm gonna i'm gonna keep being chancellor if that's okay with everybody and everybody goes i guess that's fine and they just keep letting it happen. They just keep letting it happen. And it may, this this story makes all of that so much worse. Because before it was just like, 
Qui-Gon got murdered by Darth Maul, but it's okay because Obi-Wan killed Darth Maul. Maybe there's another one out there, but we have no evidence that there's another one out there. Except that now we have this story that's like, maybe there is some evidence that there's another one out there because one of our council members disappeared and we didn't do anything about it. It just makes the Jedi Council even more inept, right? And it makes what Luke says in The Last Jedi even more powerful he's like they allowed palpatine to take over the galaxy obi-wan was responsible for the creation of darth vader i mean he's wrong about that but he's also his 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 own bias is showing in that moment you know but but it makes all of that hit even harder and that's like joe i promise i'm gonna let you talk in a minute uh, <laughs> well well i got something i want to build off of what you're saying okay in a moment, but go for that's it. that's good star war right there right like that it to me like this is the de- my definition of the best star wars and the best star wars are the stories that enhance the other stories right mm-hmm. you 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 get a story about a character and all of a sudden we see them from a new perspective we're enlightened to something and then our our entire perspective on an aspect of the story evolves right like I don't, I don't even want to use the word changes because it's like, I mean, I always go back to this. I say this all the time. Everybody's probably sick of me saying it, but what Obi-Wan says in Return of the Jedi, which like many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. That's like one of the thesis statements for Star Wars and the way that George told stories, which is that like, you think you know the story, but let me tell you this part. And now all of a sudden, Darth Vader's not just <clears throat> a monster. Darth Vader's this boy from Tatooine who was selfless and cared so much that he like took these people in and risked everything to help them. Not even to like save their lives, just help them get home, right? Like not really understanding the stakes. He just did that. And he's just this kid, right? And you're like, all of a sudden Vader is this completely other character and it's changed irrevocably. And that's what this story does. That's what like bringing Boba Fett back in Mandalorian changed Boba Fett as a character for me. All of a sudden I was like, Boba Fett's dumb. He doesn't do anything cool in any of the movies, which was a, an opinion that was actually colored by attack of the clones because when they, brought that character and i feel like it changed the way that i felt about boba fett right and a lot of the stuff in the clone War. actually i would say even more so the, the stuff that they did with boba in the clone wars made me feel like boba was not that cool of a character and then they come back and they're like no no don't worry he is that cool of a character and so here we've got this whole story that's like yaddle was super important actually like had they paid more attention to yaddle had we all paid more attention to yaddle maybe Palpatine wouldn't have been able to succeed. But it was our arrogance in going like, ah, she's just a duplicate of Yoda. Yoda's the better one. She doesn't even say anything. Now she does, voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, Joe, what do you got? What do you got? You got, All right. you got something locked I and do. loaded. Go for I it. I do, I do. So you mentioned, you know, Star Wars is at its best when it's informing other Star Wars, right? Mm. Man, this episode where Dooku makes this choice has so many things like it's the puzzle piece that we didn't know was missing from Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones because in 15 minutes less than 15 minutes we got let's see we got Dooku's last conversation with Qui-Gon 
which is just awesome. We got Dooku erasing the files from uh, about Kamino in the archives. So, I mean, we all we always knew that, you know, it was probably Dooku because it had to be a Jedi. But like, here it is. Here's that scene. Right. Just a cute little chef's kiss for that. Um, We got Yaddle's ultimate fate because she just kind of disappears. We got Dooku's turning to the dark side and my favorite implication other than. okay, wait, other than the fact that. Yaddle doesn't talk in riddles like Yoda does, and that makes Yoda even more weird and mysterious. Yeah, yeah. We got a scene where Dooku kills Yaddle 10 minutes before Palpatine gets on a ship with the rest of the Jedi Council to go to the Naboo for Qui-Gon's funeral, and he is all smiles when we see him arrive on Naboo. And... Mm. I feel like we know why now. I mean, we know that, you know, he already, he, he became chancellor. His plan is coming to fruition. But we're also seeing the fact that, oh, what, two down now. We got Qui-Gon down and Yaddle down already. A Jedi Council member <laughs> and this meddling Qui-Gon Jinn are both gone. Who was kind of a, almost like a loose end for my apprentice because now, you know. So th- I guess that's the other thing. Um, is Dooku technically his apprentice now right he does say master yeah he calls him yeah master, master. Yeah. okay yeah i kind of wish he called a, he like knighted him tyrannus like he did anakin yeah um, oh yeah that would have been cool but like just the fact that in what 13 and a half minutes we crammed all of those little like ooh, yeah these fit nice together so, all these mm-hmm. things that we didn't yeah. know we wanted or needed and like I, I never thought I would see the day where I gave a damn about Yaddle. And yeah. I love Yaddle from this episode. Well, yeah. yeah. And it, so in that episode, you also did, you didn't mention the scene at the, in the courtyard, right. With the tree, which mm. is awesome. Uh, it's that's my favorite moment from all of the Dooku stuff is that scene with the tree of, of Dooku mourning Qui-Gon and that, the I mean it's such a it is such a throwaway it's so good because I love it it's understated and Dooku is a very understated character and that's the, one of the things that I like about him uh, and Christopher Lee's performance right like from day one I was I've just been like this is such a fascinating character the way that he like tries to appeal to Obi-Wan and he's like oh if only Qui-Gon were here he would know what to do and Obi-Wan's <laughs> just like I see through your bullshit dude like you're you're lying <laughs> except that like now we have all of this extra context and we're like he wasn't lying Dooku really believed in his deluded way that Qui-Gon would have been on his side right because yeah. now we know that like Dooku almost murdered dudes in front of Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon was like, I'm only so wise because of your teaching master. Like, and Dooku's uh, Qui-Gon's sort of rebelliousness in the face of the Jedi council was a direct result of him having trained under Dooku. Right. So like all that stuff is mixed in there. But for me, like that moment of mourning and when he, he says it's a, it's such a throwaway line. He, he mentions like that, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this. This is the way that I read it. He says he makes a comment about about being born on Coruscant, uh, by uh, surrounded by all of this stone and everything that like that Qui Gon was always fascinated by the tree mm-hmm. and how it could grow in such a place. 
I, you could take that to mean that he's talking about like the tree growing, like the tree being born in that place. But I took that as, it was Qui Gon born on Coruscant. Qui Gon's from Coruscant. Yes. Like that's, okay, that's how that read to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that like to me like that that moment and just like talking about it, like it create it. So this is where I'm saying like the Ahsoka stuff to me is very obvious that it that it ties into the Ahsoka series. I think that this Dooku stuff. <laughs> I think a lot of it is there for Qui-Gon's benefit because I think we might be getting a Qui-Gon story at some point soon. Hmm. Maybe in more, like I said, maybe, maybe Bad Batch is going to give us some, some Qui-Gon stuff because I don't know, like who knows how they could, could accomplish this. Right. We know that Qui-Gon is still around because of Obi-Wan Kenobi, right. Because of the finale of that series. That's the other potential is that if we get a second season of Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon should be in that, right? Oh, like, yeah, like, like Liam Neeson, like that to me is like the only reason that we don't have confirmation of a season two of Obi-Wan is that like they got to work out Liam Neeson being in the whole season, like in however many six episodes they do, because that story is going to be very much Obi-Wan talking to Qui-Gon about everything. And I feel like having all of this extra context for Dooku is going to be important in that story. If they ever tell that story, which they've already said that like the original plan was that they were going to do three Obi-Wan movies, but, but that that got shelved. Um, I mean, like let's read between the lines because of what happened with solo. Right. Mm -hmm. So that didn't end up happening. But then they took that story, one of those stories, basically the first movie, and they adapted that into the first season of Obi-Wan, right? And I think it went through a bunch of changes because obviously it went through multiple writers. But there are still two more stories that Lucasfilm sort of has in the quiver waiting. And if they already knew that the end of this first story, although maybe they had like the three stories plotted out and at the end of the third story, Qui-Gon shows up but that might be the thing is like now they got to go like how do we how are we gonna get how are we gonna tell a story now that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon like that Qui-Gon is there to consult with Obi-Wan and I don't think that Qui-Gon has to be in every moment no no more than Obi-Wan needed to be in every moment of Empire and Jedi right like in fact he's very scarcely in those movies um, he only sort of appears to Luke when it's necessary, right? So Qui-Gon would, would obviously fulfill the same role, but we would have some of those moments. And I and I feel like setting all of this stuff up with Dooku, talking about Qui-Gon as much as, as he does, framing everything that way, that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have a lot of conversations that they need to have about Dooku, about about Qui-Gon's uh, relationship with him about sort of how all of that happened. Cause Obi-Wan's going to have all these questions, right. About like, how could this have happened? Because Obi-Wan's Obi-Wan's a problem solver, right. He's the negotiator. He's a, he's a, he's a fixer. So he's like, he's going to approach like, okay, I'm stuck in the desert. Now I'm a hero again. I I'm not depressed and sad cutting fish anymore. Now I'm a hero again. So now I got to start making a plan. How are we going to take out Palpatine? I got like, and you know, like in order to do that, I need to understand him. Right. And, and I think that, that that's sort of like, there'll be a bunch of questions about like the dark side and Dooku. And did he know that Dooku was, you know, 
going down this path? Like, was there, were there any hints in that sort of thing? And I think like now we have all of this extra context with, with tales of the Jedi of like, there it is. There's that story right there or not, not the whole story, but at least some big, big important pieces of it um, and how they relate to Qui-Gon and how that relates to Obi-Wan and obviously the lineage of that. Cause that's, it's so important in the overall star Wars stories. Right. Um, which I mean also relates into Ahsoka because obviously like it's Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and then also Luke. Right. But, but like Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka. So like, Dooku is part of Ahsoka's story. And the other, the other part of this whole thing is the, is the, the, the mirroring of these are the two Jedi that walked away from the order. Right. Like the, like in the midst of everything that was happening because of the, like the lead up to the clone wars and the clone wars themselves. So their, their paths are also mirrored in each other. They're light and dark. They're, they're reflections of one another. Right. I think that this stuff might come back. I think a lot of these story points might come back in some future stuff that that's coming up. That's I just, I it, Kyle, you, you, you mentioned the Dave telling the story about like the reason why he came up with these, um, with these little, little short stories was the, he was flying back and forth. I, I shooting uh, Mando and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And Book of Boba Fett, so he wrote all these stories. But my question to that, because that this I've been listening to Dave Filoni talk for a real long time, and I know that when he gives an answer, he actually is uh, trying to distract you from a question. What made him think about these particular stories, right? And like I said, the Ahsoka ones are easy to answer. I think that some of that stuff's going to come back. We're going to get some, I don't know if we'll get flashbacks or we'll just get conversations about it, but Mandalorian has had lots of flashbacks. So uh, I don't put it out. I, I mean, Book of Boba Fett had tons of flashbacks. Half of the season was flashbacks. I, so I don't put it out of the realm of possibility that we're going to get some flashback Ahsoka stories within that series. Um, But the, the, the question that I have is like, what made you think about Dooku though? why'd that come into your head? Right? Like, why were you thinking about Dooku and then realizing, Oh shoot, there's some stories that need to be told. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that in the position that he's in at Lucasfilm, he's privy to what else is going on. And, and I, and I think them no, sort of knowing that Obi-Wan was going to be a massive success. It was like, where are we going after that? Should we tell some of these other stories? Should we relate in some of the, some of this Dooku stuff? So I, I I fully think that that some of these conversations will be important. They'll be relevant in season two of Obi Wan Kenobi, which obviously hasn't been confirmed. But they talked about it a lot on the press tour of like, well, if people like this, they mm-hmm. said it at celebration. Well, if people like Obi Wan, if they like this season, you know, and then all of a sudden when it when it came on, I I. Because the whole conversation had been, oh, this is a limited event series, right? I think that's what they had called it. Yeah. A special event series or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then and then when it popped on Disney Plus, it was like season one. <laughs> and everybody was like, I thought this was a... Because cause there are other shows on 
Disney Plus, like there are MCU things and some of them say season one and then other ones are like, like it's just, there's the series, right? There's no, there's no mention of it being a season. So when they did that, when they, they switched that, that nomenclature up and all of a sudden we're talking about season one, it's like, come on, you guys. If Ewan McGregor wants to come back and make more, which he said, again, at Celebration, he was like, let's go. Like, everybody <laughs> yeah. lost their minds when he was like, yeah, after, you know, like, the because how many episodes was Obi-Wan? Six. six. It's yeah. only six episodes. Man, they mm-hmm. crammed a lot of story into six episodes. I, I, because, yeah, I think he, he was talking about like, oh, and I hope you guys enjoy episodes four, five, and six, and seven. And eight, nine, and like he just, he just yeah. kept going, and every, and everybody lost their minds, and that was him being like, "I want to keep making Obi Wan stories." I think like they had a great time making that show, right? So it's uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like it. I did we get Joe? Did you manage to cover off what your favorite moment was from the Dooku episodes? Did yeah, we, I mean, it was really it, it was more than anything. It was just the choice seeing seeing Dooku kind of make that choice and connect the dots to all the other things that it means. And it just kind of, you know, piggybacking off of Kyle's favorite, just the fact that I care about Dooku now. Like I always, I I never disliked him, but I never really thought twice about him. Really the only, like the closest time I've ever gotten to feeling like, Oh, there's more to this character than just the bad guy of the week for, for the films is, you know, that moment in Attack of the Clones where he kicks Obi-Wan's and Anakin's ass. And he's just like looking down. He looks genuinely sad. Like he's like, yeah. oh, man, this is Qui-Gon's. This sucks. This is Qui-Gon's Padawan. And yeah, I, I wanted him to join me and he didn't. And I think it was I agree. I think it was a genuine offer. He really did want Obi-Wan. And, you know, it was that it was kind of like that Sith truth manipulation thing. Yeah. Um. Because it wasn't really like, you know, if Qui-Gon were here, he'd join me. But, like, I I liked, I always liked that moment. And that moment did always stand out to me. So it was kind of cool to see more to Dooku than there was before. I also appreciate that he looks more like a human being in this series and not mm-hmm. the squishy-faced, <laughs> scary, giant-nosed talon yeah. monster bird creature. And uh, yeah. from the rest of Clone Wars, which you know it's a little inconsistent, but we'll we'll live with it. Obi Wan has a mullet, and he didn't yeah. have a mullet in the series. Yeah. We're we're yeah. going with it. We're gonna roll with it. Um, it. It's um I I love it. I mean, like I I I I think the opportunity to retcon some of this stuff. Um, what I it was. I mean, they're it's a cartoon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Right. Because yeah. there was and there were definitely like, some people that were like up in arms about like they changed these things and it's like, does it isn't it better though? Like isn't yeah. this better? Because yeah. exactly. so- we'll it's talk like, about we'll talk about it in the next episode. But Ahsoka's outfit in the in the like when they do like the Jedi training stuff and like her outfit, it's like, oh my god, thank god they they fixed the tube top. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. I really yeah. like it. Well, they and again, you the know, tube top. I when, love when it. We, it makes me so happy. When we saw that from like the trailers and stuff, I was thinking, oh, so this is going to kind of be like halfway in between yeah. like the the sort of phase one and phase two, if you will. Um, but then, yeah, you see Obi-Wan with the mullet and it's like, wait a second. So did he like grow it back <laughs> out and then cut it again? And the, But it, yeah. I like that it's just kind of like an artistic expression of like, 
if we were to go back and remake season one of Clone Wars now, this is how yeah. we would make these characters look. Yeah. Um, also, one other moment I wanted to to mention real quick, because Joe, you talked about all the different dots that these episodes connected and all the... Um, you know, all the questions that it answered that we didn't know it had, that we didn't know we had from episodes like one and two and um, the stuff even with Palpatine at the end of Phantom Menace. But um, one of my favorite moments from it too is the fact that it also answered a question that I had had from Clone Wars for a long time. And if you guys remember that Clone Wars episode, the lost one where Anakin and Obi-Wan go investigate the mystery of sifo mm-hmm. and they made a big deal out of that episode of like, oh, it's finally going to answer all these questions that you've had from episode two. And for me, like, it answered some things, and it was cool to see that stuff addressed, but I feel like I came away from that episode with even more questions than, (laughs) you know, than I had before. And it's like, they find the guy that was, like, the the Chancellor's aide or something that was with sifo who got captured, and he's with the Pikes, and they find him, and he's like, you know, oh, like, they're asking him, like, how and why this whole thing went down, um, and why sifo was killed, and he says, like, someone wanted to be sifo um, and then Dooku walks in and, you know, force chokes him and kills him. And it's like kind of the implication is that Dooku needed to impersonate sifo or something. But like, we don't get a clear answer. And it was still, it's like, I had a lot of questions still about like, what was the timeline? And like, what was sifo responsible for? What was Dooku responsible for? What really was their relationship? You know, like, was sifo in on this whole plan with the clone army? Or did Dooku just kind of kill him and use him as the fall guy for it? And um, at least we got a little bit more of that cleared up when you see Dooku go into the archives and use sifo passcode to get into the, the mainframe or whatever and erase Kamino. Um, that to me was like, okay, we finally have our, our concrete answer that, you know, the, the person who wanted to be sifo was Dooku and now we know why. Um, so just to, to get that finally played out and get, you know, an answer to a, a longstanding mystery there was also just a really nice thing to come see full circle. That's awesome. I was also expecting to see sifo in these episodes, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, we got so much so fast in that last episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool to see, especially maybe in one of the earlier two, seeing them together, like, as Jedi. But, um you know, that's one of those things that, like, if these had been, like, full-length episodes of Clone Wars, you know, maybe we got, would have gotten to see that. But obviously, these were pretty lean. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been cool if it was sifo and Dooku instead of Mason Dooku going on that mission and seeing, yeah, you know, flesh out sifo a little bit. But, you know, it was still cool to see the two of them together and how different they are because they have that, like, little confrontation in Attack of the Clones, too. Yeah, and I think we definitely needed to see that sort of juxtaposition. The fact that, like, Mace is the one that plays by the rules. Dooku is the one that's like, hey, we have a problem here. Like, we need to take action on it. And Mace is like, no, we have to go by protocol and go back and talk to the council. And yet, like, he's the one that ends up getting promoted to the council at the end. um, When Dooku was, you know, sees himself as, like, the only one that was willing to stand up and do what was right, even though the situation kind of went sideways. I love it. I loved that moment because I loved the the implication that Mace somehow manipulated that that whole situation in order to secure his seat on the council, right? And like, yeah. there's a there, there's a, it's like office politics type stuff, right? <clears throat> and it's like I don't think that like Mace was necessarily doing anything malicious to Dooku, but he certainly was opportunistic. 
and it really paints Mace Windu in a in a in a very bad light, actually, um, because we're we're looking at it from the perspective of Dooku, right? So, like, but it's it is one of those things where it's like we know that Dooku's perspective is flawed, but we also know that there's truth in a lot of the things that he's saying. Like that's the mm-hmm. that's the fine line that these three stories tend to walk, right? is this whole thing of like Dooku is he's, he's going about this the wrong way. The ends do not justify the means. Right. But, but as Seattle says, it's like, he's right. He is right. Like there is something wrong with the Jedi council, with the order. There's something going on with the Republic. And like, there's, there's obviously like this darkness mounting and they need to do something about it. And she just realizes too late that he is the darkness that's mounting. Right. Um, Dooku is Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is like, there's that moment with, with, with Mace where, where he's like, so you're, you're going to be, you're going to take her seat on the council. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I mean like just, you know, sort of the, 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 maybe you were up for the position, but that stuff that you did, uh, I told them about it and they said that it shouldn't be you and it is me. Right. Like you kind of just get a little bit of a thing there that like Dooku was, it feels like Dooku maybe was the next in line sort of thing, but that Mace managed to like basically go back, give his report. And he's like, well, I, I didn't say anything untrue. Like I, all I did was tell them what happened and they made their decision the council made their decision and yeah, now I'm on the council. So I guess we made our decision because I'm on the council now. And it's like, because Mace is not um, like Mace is not a hero in my opinion. Like he never has been. I, I, he like, he's, he's almost there in the story to epitomize the folly of the Jedi, right? All of mm-hmm. that stuff that Qui-Gon is talking about in Phantom Menace Mace is the epitome of that. Um, I think like it was like they they really sort of like paint Mace uh, because Kiadi Mundi doesn't talk as much in the in the next two movies, so Mace gets to take the brunt of it. But Kiadi Mundi says some stuff in Phantom Menace where you're like, these guys are jerks. Like these, like yeah. they're detached. They're completely out of touch. Well, and then they right? really do that with Kiadi Mundi in Clone Wars. Yeah, well, yeah, especially like even more in Clone Wars, right? And 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 they balance it, right? Because they they balance it with characters like Yoda and Plo Koon, who are much more balanced and much more. And so that's like that's where you get like obviously it goes back and forth. And you know, I I at first they say no, Anakin won't be trained, but then after everything happens, uh, they're like, okay, we we do think you can. It's okay to train Anakin, right? And so it's like like you get sort of feel that there's like that push and pull with the council. Um, but that there are definitely like, like there are basically some like hardline conservatives on the Jedi council. And it's like Mace Windu is one of them. Mm-hmm. He's like, these are the rules. We follow the rules. If you break the rules, then you're a bad person. Like, and it's a, a, a you know, what would Obi-Wan say to that? You know, I, he would say only Sith deal in absolutes, right? <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, like it, it, yeah, I don't know. It just, it really like, it took Mason it like sort of like even more so cemented him as, um, not a great dude. 
Like, not a great dude. Maybe a very wise and powerful Jedi, but not a nice person, right? Which I think is, like, one of those things where it's like, well, what are the Jedi supposed to be? Because Mace feels the most, out of any of the Jedi, Mace feels the most like a cop. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like, like even even just the stuff that he gets to do where he, like, and, and so much of this is, like, this is not context that was written into the movies, right? But it's context that now exists because of these other stories. Like when Mace is like, this party's over, right? Like, like he's, like he's a cop. Mace is, Mace is the, the, the personification of that. um, I, I, you know, like guardians of peace and justice. Like he's like, there's, there's two sides to that. You've got characters like Obi-Wan, who I feel is, as the negotiator, very much like a guardian of peace. And then you've got a character like, like Mace, who's like, I'm a guardian of justice. Right. And it's like, what, who decides what justice is. Right. And Qui-Gon would be very much like, it's not for you to decide. It's the will of the force. And then you, then you've got Mace on the other side of that going like, no, I think we got it. I think we know what justice is. (laughs) So, you know, if we got to murder Palpatine, we'll murder Palpatine. So it's almost like like um, the stuff that gets crafted, and this is all Palpatine, right? Like the the people who get removed from the situation in Revenge of the Sith, and the ones who are left. The fact that Mace is the senior member of the Jedi Council when Order sixty six is about to go down, right? Like when everything's about to happen, uh, is not an accident. Because if Yoda was the one that was there that Anakin went to, situation would have gone totally different, right? And I think we all know that, like, Obi-Wan was removed from the equation because, as an abuser, Palpatine needed to isolate Anakin, right? Like, he needed he needed Obi-Wan gone. So it's like, send Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Obi-Wan's got to be the one to go deal with Grievous. He's the only one who can deal with Grievous, right? So it's, mm-hmm. and it's like all these, well, things heck, that, like, that's why he even like plants the, into. plants the bug in Anakin's ear to be like, you should be the one to do it. Knowing that the council will never send him because they don't trust him. And exactly. so then he's yeah. like, chancellor says I should go. And they're like, oh, well, because the chancellor said it, we're going to pick somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's just all of that stuff. It's just like, it becomes even more so and more like it just, it builds and builds and builds and it makes it all like, like the clone wars did, right? Like that's the, that was the brilliant thing about the clone wars is that it took this era that so many people just dogged on relentlessly because of those stupid red letter media reviews, right? Like everybody just started parroting all of the nonsense that was said in that. Not that, it, not that those reviews are wrong. It's just that like, that's not the whole thing. Like that's not the whole picture. That's one perspective of what the prequels were and why they were the way that they were, why they didn't resonate in the way that the original trilogy did, which it's, it's, it's fine to do a postmortem like that, but, but that became the only discourse for so long. And then Clone Wars came along and changed the conversation back to like, actually, actually this this story is really really good if you stop and you sort of you get outside of some of the wooden dialogue some of the bad performances some of the weird blocking because george was trying to figure out how to use the volume before the volume existed right like (laughs) like george was just doing he was just georging it up and being like i'm 20 years in the future 
catch up to me, everybody else. And everybody else was like, our computers have 256 megabytes of RAM. (laughs) Please stop, George. Stop. And he's like, no, I need you to be able to see what I see and do what I want to do now. Um, I'm ready to tell these stories. You guys need to meet me where I'm at. And, and, you know, but the, but the story, if we can divorce it from the execution, the story of the prequels is so phenomenal and clone wars, because it was able to do it in this other medium where it was able to go, like, we can do this. We can tell whatever stories we want. They can be as, especially as it got into like season four and five, right? You get into like the lawless, like here's Mandalore and it's on fire, you guys. And mm-hmm. Darth Maul has taken over the Mandalorians and Obi-Wan's girlfriend just got murdered and he's in Mandalorian armor flying around with a jetpack. And you're just like, This is incredible. And also, there's so much more to the story now, right? Like there's so it's so much more depth. Um, and and they did that on this huge scale over seven seasons with the Clone Wars. And then and then Dave Filoni's like, I'm not done yet. I still got I still got a couple more things I need to talk about. Um, and that's and that's why we get Tales of the Jedi. I just really hope that we are going to get more um, that this isn't like a one and done situation, which sometimes happens with Star Wars, where they're like, mm-hmm. we're going to try a thing and then they do it. And then it's like, even though it was super successful, we never get any more of Kennedy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars for some oh, reason. Don't don't reopen that wound. Right. Like, it's just it, it, it we just wait five years, uh, three years and then do something else entirely instead of like the thing that everybody really, really liked and doing more of that, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, it's a weird thing. Hopefully it's not this weird anomaly and it's not this thing that we talk about, um, uh, you know, in 20 years in the way that like shadows of the empire is talked about now. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, no, like, let's keep doing these. Cause I think there's a lot of cool opportunity to, to just jump in and be like, Here's a couple extra stories about Plo Koon. Here's some stories about Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi. All right. So let me ask you guys then. Uh, maybe this is a better question for next week, but I don't care. I'm going to ask it now while I'm thinking of. Yeah. Let's say the prerequisite for this show is not because it has to pay off later. Let's say it is just a collection of stories of Jedi that, you know, not necessarily have to be as important as the Dooku ones were. What stories do you want to see told by this show? Yeah, I, I, I would like to see some of the stuff with Kanan mm. get fleshed out a little bit more. So, um, the, 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 um, the last Padawan comic books are, mm, I mean, certainly in the Disney era, they are my favorite comics that have been produced like since since Marvel took it back. Um, I would love to see some of that stuff. I would love to see like sort of his, his, how he became went from being Caleb Doom to being Kanan Jarrus. I would Ooh, okay. in the same vein of the way that these kind of like skip through the years. I would love to see like one episode that that takes place right after like that picks up after Bad Batch. And, and fills in a little bit of that that gap and brings in some of the Cowler stuff and all that that's in that's in Last Padawan. 
And then I would love to see something from like to take New Dawn, which is the book about when him and Hera met. I would love to see that story get like a 15 minute chunk of that to to give us the moment of the two of them coming together. And then just to break format. I want to see something because we get two Canaan stories. We get three episodes, right? That's if we're assuming that that's what the format <laughs> sure. is. So we get we get those two Canaan stories, and then we've got the rest of Canaan's story up until his death, right? You could find a place to tell another story in the middle of Rebels if you really wanted to. Maybe something with him and Ahsoka that could be cool. But whatever, that's not what I want to see. What I want to see is um, Jason Sindula. Mm. oh cool meeting luke skywalker oh, oh man right awesome. and then and then the other story that i would want to tell i would want ben solo stuff i would i like that's those are the two that are at the top of my list um after that i mean like you you do stuff with ezra that takes place between rebels and ahsoka in order to fill in gaps there right um you could you could do some more stuff with ray which I think doing like bringing the sequel characters into the clone wars animation style and like, like really, really messing with people's heads in that way of being like, it's the clone Wars style, but this is some post rise of Skywalker stuff. It would just like, I think you would break the internet. Like, I think, I think people would lose their minds. They would absolutely lose their minds. That would have to be a season though, is like Ben Solo and Ray would have to be like one season of six episodes. And the end of that would absolutely have to be her trying to figure out how to bring him back in world between world stuff, whatever. Right. Because Ben Solo has to come back. That has to happen at some point in order for Star Wars to finish its story. Cause they really, they they really you just kind of biff the ending on that one, so I I the only way to fix it is to go back and undo the thing that they did completely wrong. <laughs> um, and Tales of the Jedi would be an awesome way to do that. Like for me as an animation fan, this is the guy who started podcasting because of Clone Wars. Saying this, other people probably want this in a movie, but for me, I'm like, let's do a, let's do a cartoon. I would much rather have it in a cartoon so that we mm. could have 18 episodes in a season or something like that. Right. Do like the tales of the Jedi thing that gets us to that point and then do a new Jedi order thing. I, I, or a jet call it Jedi Academy, whatever, something. <laughs> right. Um, and have a story that's about Ray and Ben reestablishing the Jedi. Okay. I like yeah. that's me. That's me. What what you got, Kyle? Top that. Well, so one <laughs> one thing I just thought of, Mike. I mean, when you were talking about um, Kanan and doing some more stories, like of sort of kind of showing his transition to like you know him him after Order sixty six and after Bad Batch and stuff like that would be great. Yeah. But then you were like, oh, we don't need need to see like him and Ahsoka during um, during Rebels, but to see them, you know, like adult Kanan and Ahsoka from rebels but in the clone wars animation style and in i mean this is hardly even still yeah. clone wars animation style i mean it's gotten so much even better now with like bad yeah. batch and tales of the jedi like it just keeps getting more and more visually spectacular but to see some scenes or some characters from rebels in that style i think would be really cool um but as far as characters and stories go i think top of my wish list would uh also be Ben Solo, but particularly like I want to see Luke and Ben together. I want to see stuff yeah. like with Luke training his new generation of Jedi. Um, I want to see stories with, you know, with him and Ben together on adventures with Ben as his Padawan. Um, 
that I think is just, you know, my, my biggest sort of unexplored story area that I really want to get into. I don't know that they would do that anytime soon. Like if they were to do another season of Tales of the Jedi in a, a year or two, I don't know if they would be willing to go there yet because they maybe could be building towards that with some of the live action stuff. Like if we keep seeing Luke pop up in, um, you know, in, in Mando and all the connected stories that, you know, they're going to be building towards some big event there. They may want to wait till that's all done to tell, you know, Luke stories in animation just so that yeah. they're kind of free to do whatever they want to do in live action. But um, eventually, regardless of what medium it's in, I, I want... Um, I want more Luke stories. I want more Ben stories and I want stories with the two of them together. But I do think tales of the Jedi would be a great Avenue for that. Um, Cause it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a long ongoing series. It could be just kind of like the Dooku thing where you see Ben at different stages of his life and different stages of his training with Luke and um, you know, maybe Luke's perspective and his teaching style kind of changing over time and stuff like that. So I think that would be a perfect fit. And then if, you know, if they did want to keep it to, because they marketed this as like, you know, stories about Jedi from the prequel era. And so if they were going to do some more prequel Jedi stuff, um, I think it might be cool to get to see Quinlan Boss and maybe some of the stuff with Ventress that we never got to see from the, um, you know, that arc that got turned into a novel. Um, but um, yeah, especially with Quinlan getting the, the name drop in Obi-Wan, right? Yes. Because, um, again, like, that's another thing where, like, if they do a season two of Obi-Wan, that to me is one of the biggest threads for that character, for Obi-Wan, is, like, knowing that there are other Jedi out there and knowing that Quinlan specifically is still out there. Yeah. And something happening and then him being like, there's only one person who can help me with this. I got to go find Quinlan boss. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and uh, if, and then if they did like a tales of the Jedi, they tied into that and they did it with like the Asajj, like they, they did those two. Cause I think like, that's the other side of it is like, is it's not just about the Jedi, right? We can also talk about like, we could also, we would also have three episodes about Maul, right? Like we could go back like they did for Ahsoka and do like, when was Maul taken by, Palpatine right and like put some because we have some of that story in some other formats but like give us that that would be really cool too to yeah. go back to Dathomir I mean with this see if, level if they're of, if they're uh, gonna do that then I want them to just go back and do some more Clone Wars episodes and just give us the son <laughs> of Dathomir arc yeah. um and it, it still bums me out that that was like the one arc that they left on the cutting room floor for season seven. Dave Filoni is like, if we could have done one more arc of episodes, I would have done those ones. And I was like, oh, we were so close. Um, but yeah, and you know, some of those storylines, like whether it's, you know, Son of Dathomir or like the the uh, Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress stuff, which I think was going to be like eight episodes, um, you know, like two different story arcs over two seasons that they condensed into that novel. Like, I don't know how well you could, you know, condense that down to like a couple of 15 minute shorts, but to at least get, you know, some glimpses of it, um, yeah. or just, you know, some different stories in their timeline. I well, think that's, I, th some, I think that's, cool characters. that's the interesting thing about the format that they used, right. Is that like, they're not like the Ahsoka stuff. And we'll talk about this on the next episode a little bit more. Like that final episode isn't standalone. It's actually a part of the Ahsoka novel. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's contradictory and it retcons some stuff and whatever. And people are mad about it. 
but but it's complementary to right like it's not it's it doesn't in the same way that like i i talked about with this a lot that like the dooku lost uh, the jedi lost stuff it's integral to this story and if you liked what you saw from these three episodes go listen to that audiobook or pick up the the the, the actual book for it um and it, and 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 get that story because like that will give you so much more of dooku it, it'll it'll inform so many more things i uh, i about these three episodes about clone wars about everything um so yeah it's like i like that's i see these as snippets like they're they're like these little flashes these glimpses um almost in the way that like that that they talk about visions uh when 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 jedi have these visions and it's like they see these parts of stories but it's like if you don't have the full context that ahsoka story is is a little bit weird right like like the and these dooku things like if you didn't have the full context of 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 everything else that we know about dooku some of this other stuff would be like it'd be really weird right like it, it would just it would they, they would just be really odd stories all by themselves so i think that that's where like that can work really well is that like we have all of these other things to frame them around there's even these other pieces of media outside of animation and live action that they tie into um and so i think that that could work really well joe uh you didn't you haven't said yours what what <laughs> what would you want to see all right, I have a couple, and you guys already uh, steamrolled right over my favorite one, Quinlan Voss, um, for the exact same reasons. I want to see him, what he's doing with the Underground Railroad of Jedi. Uh, I want to see him survive Order 66. I also want to see him younger, and when maybe, like, the first time he and Obi-Wan met each other and, like, had to deal with each other, like, uptight yeah, oh, Obi-Wan man. and laid back Quinlan Voss, and then... You know, later on, they they need each other to to you know to survive. I would love to see that over three stories, and maybe even like have Ayla in the middle there because Ayla was was Quinlan's Padawan, and we never really see a whole lot of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the Quinlan one. I'd want to see an Obi Wan one. Maybe even an Obi Wan's first one is is that Quinlan one. But I really want to see the uh, the first meeting of Obi Wan and Satine. And that whole, oh, like, we're on that mission oh, on dude, Mandalore dude, and we're oh. on the run and it's just the, yeah. three, the two of us in Qui-Gon. That would yeah. be awesome. And then, you know, I don't know where that would really go in terms of where his story would end up later, Obi-Wan's. But I've always wanted to see that. I've always wanted that story in any form. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, you guys also kind of touched on, I want to see stuff from Dark Disciple because Ventress would make a great one. Starting out, she was a Jedi Padawan. Yeah, I would love to mm-hmm. see more of that. You know, it was such like a quick flashback, and then her getting involved with Quinlan Vos, and then obviously her her ultimate ending. Because the three of those characters, Obi Wan, Ventress, and Vos, they're all like this weird, you know, not a love triangle, but there is like a weird triangle where there's a lot of overlap. It's, a, on those characters. it's a yeah. The great thing about the Quinlan Asage Obi Wan thing is. Um, there are a lot of fans out there who feel like there's chemistry between Quinlan and Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of people who are like, Obi-Wan's bisexual. Like, like, like there's nothing in the, there's nothing in Canon to imply that he couldn't be mm-hmm. right. And I love the idea. I, I love that idea. I think that that's fantastic. Cause I, I just don't like limiting star Wars stories. Right. Like, like let them be as expansive as they can be and re- representative as they possibly can be. So if people want to see that, 
uh, in those characters, then I think that that's awesome. Um, and I think that that actually really fits with Obi-Wan. I think that that is the sort of mentality that Obi-Wan would have. I think that I, actually, I don't even think that I would peg Obi-Wan as, as, as bisexual as much as it, he would be more, uh, what's that called like demisexual, which is more that it's about, uh, relationship more than it is about any gender or mm. uh, uh, orientation or anything like that. That it's like he forms bonds with people and those bonds are like the, the they're romantic and, and the sexuality comes out of that. Right. Um, because they're, they're Jedi and like as Jedi, like that, that line is so blurry for them of like what, because they're because they're kind of expected to ignore that part of their lives, and so I would love to see it. I would love to see a meet cute with Obi Wan and Quinlan, of like <laughs> of the first time. Because it's one of those things where it's like stop fighting and just kiss you guys. <laughs> I I and then and then obviously we know that like I that Obi Wan and Ventress have their back and forth, um, and then Quinlan and Asajj eventually I I if the book is still canon which is one of those things where it's like does Asajj Ventress have to even be dead she doesn't but um I'm whenever if whenever they've got more stories to tell with a character it's like we don't get mad when Boba Fett comes back we didn't get I mean people did get mad when Darth Maul came back but then they very quickly got over it because it was like no this is the right call yeah this is the best Darth Maul's ever been yeah yeah Darth well I mean like Darth Maul went from being an action figure to being a fully fleshed out character right yeah um so yeah like if you got more stories to tell with asajj ventress then do it (laughs) you know um because that's another one of those characters that went from a character that i did not care for to being a character that like i absolutely adore because of the stuff that they ended up doing with her in the later seasons and her stuff with ahsoka and all that it's like oh my god this is so good um yeah man Star Wars is so cool, you guys. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Star Wars and specifically the animated stuff, so mm. cool. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing here is is in the era of live action. I mean, obviously we've got Andor right now, and Andor is pushing the boundary on what the TV stuff, what the Disney Plus stuff can be. But the uh, everything else has been sort of like Obi-Wan did a good, did a better job than Mando or Bo- Book of Boba Fett, but Book of Boba Fett and Mando, obviously, they've got like this sort of like, well, they're the Star Wars TV show type of vibes, right? Mm. Like where you're like, okay, you know, it's really cool and they do cool stuff and it's great. Um, and it's and it was awesome in the beginning of like, you know, oh, we've got Star Wars on TV now. And these shorter form stories, or I guess shorter episodes, longer form stories, right? But, um, but then, but then like, you know, the, 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 the seams started to show a little bit. Right. And then Bad Batch came out and it was like, animation is superior. You guys, animation (laughs) is the way to tell these stories. Clone Wars proved that rebels proved that. Um, and the thing about going back to the Clone Wars production pipeline to do season seven and then bad batch. And now these tales of the Jedi things is that it's like these stories can be as small or as big as they need to be. 
mm. right? Like they can be as as sort of like like uh, closed in or as expansive. Because you look at what they did with Tales of the Jedi, these small personal stories, not a lot going on, not a lot of characters, some new locations and that sort of thing, but really kind of just. Um, playing it a little bit safer. And then you go back to Bad Batch in season one and we went to some planets. I can't remember the name of the planet, but um, I, I, when Fennec is first chasing them, right? Is that, is that, and they're like on that. um, Pantora, isn't it? Was it Pantora? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, like just the, the, the density in those, in that episode with the, I'm thinking of like the speeder bike chase. Mm, right mm-hmm. like that whole sequence of like that's stuff that like in the like that that was movie quality in terms of like how much was going on in the frame and how rich the world felt and like then you go to book of boba fett you get the speeder chase in that and it was like what are these guys going like 30 maybe max <laughs> like, like, oh, like i could i think i can run faster than oh, that speeder God. bike right um which like like I like I I think I give them a lot of of, of leeway with it. And it's like well they're doing the best that they can. Like they're doing what they can do with the tools that they've got. They're figuring out this new stuff. They'll get better at this at, at creating chase sequences and action sequences within the volume. They're learning right, and I think we got to Obi Wan. It's like they did. They they learned and they they get better and better and better as it goes. Um, I don't know, man. Like. But, but the animation just, is already that. there. The animation's already yeah. better than that. So yeah, like yeah. just just like I everybody's like, I want these stories, this and that, and oh go do that. And I'm just like, we could do any of this stuff. Like the Ahsoka series being live action is very exciting, but I can't help but feel that it's gonna be pale in comparison to what it would have been if it had been animated like it was originally going to be. Right. Possibly. Um, I will say with with specifically with the chase scenes in the book of Boba Fett, like that was episode three, but episode two, you had that really awesome like high scene on the on the train. And so yeah, some of this stuff, it's like true. it's not necessarily the capabilities of what they can do as much as like director choices and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um so I, I hope they pull out all the stops for Ahsoka and everybody just brings their A game. But you're right. I mean, there I think there will be a certain element of I mean, heck, you even just look at the look of Ahsoka. Um and how at first people weren't happy because, you know, her, her head tails and things had been longer and rebels and, you know, mm-hmm. the look wasn't exactly accurate. And it's like, okay, well, we have to change some things and make some adjustments for live action just for the, the practicality of stunts and whatnot. Um, so animation just kind of frees you up to do a lot more. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I... Speaking of tall heads, can we just uh, quickly change gears to say that Kiati Mundi looks ridiculous in a hood? <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, you said speaking of tall heads i was like what's joe about to say about me right now <laughs> can we just agree, all agree that kiati mundi is like the worst he's the worst he's the worst because at least mace windu is samuel l jackson and he's got a purple lightsaber yeah. but kiati mundi it's like you're a cone head and a jerk that's it that's all yeah. you got that's all you got going for you kiati mundi um, and yeah, what a cool alpha droid there. attack on the Wookiees, Kiati Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, lamest member of the Jedi Council by far, by far, mm. by far. And you know what? Other people would have argued back in the day. Well, what about Yaddle? And now I'll say, well, yeah, what about Yaddle? 
because <laughs> don't don't you dare talk about Yaddle that way. Yeah, Yaddle was incredible. By the way, can we talk about that fight scene real quick? Yeah, yeah. And just like how cool that lightsaber duel was. And I mean, you know from the beginning that Yaddle's not walking away from this alive. Like we know Dooku's not going to die and, you know, Sidious is right there and everything. But I mean, she's putting up a fight and then Dooku just drops the door on her out of nowhere (laughs) in the middle. And I was was sitting there with my mouth hanging open. I was like, again... I wasn't expecting her to make it out of this alive, but to end the fight in that brutal of a fashion, I was just caught me completely off guard, but then she's not dead. And she raises (laughs) the door back up in this heroic moment and the lights beaming behind her and the force theme theme, is playing. And for a second, you think Yaddle might, you know, it's like you were talking about with Anakin, right? Where it's like, you know how this is going to end, but you're really rooting (laughs) for it to go the other way. And you're like, yes, Yaddle's going to be triumphant. But then as soon, you know, she just, she lifts the door up and then just like tumbles out of the doorway and it's taken everything out of her and she's completely exhausted and and hopeless and just, you know, looks up at Dooku with this like just sad pleading expression on her face and it just broke my heart. And I was like, man, who would have thought that I'd be feeling this, you know, feeling this much emotion for Yaddle of all people? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, and it, I mean... Like I said, all three of these Dooku episodes were, you know, my favorite part of the um, just of, of these two stories between the Dooku and Ahsoka stuff. And I love the Ahsoka episodes, too. And I'll talk, you know, talk about our favorite moments of that on the next episode. Um, but that third the third Dooku episode in particular um, was like far and away my favorite episode out of the six. And um, just with, you know, all the different. Like we talked about the answers and the dot connecting moments and it really just being sort of the the final nail in the coffin of his journey to becoming a Sith Lord and, and mm-hmm. sort of that final step of his character arc. But then to just cap it off with this duel and all these, you know, these epic moments and everything was just, it was fantastic. And on top of that, getting Ian McDermott playing Palpatine throughout the whole thing. Mm. Um, that was another thing that just... Um, you know, I mean, we we got him back in Rise of Skywalker and everything, but it's just it's always a treat having him play Palpatine. Um, yeah. And he just had some some great lines and brought some great presence to this, too. So, um, yeah, it was just a fantastic way to cap off the arc of episodes. Totally. Yeah, I never thought I would feel anything for Yaddle. <laughs> what a strange <laughs> like realization that was like, oh, I think Yaddle is awesome now. Yeah, this is this is the parallel universe. I woke up on. T- this is the this is the timeline I'm now in. All right, <laughs> totally. I uh, cool. I mean, I think we can wrap it up there. We've we've been talking for an hour and forty minutes. I uh, I, which clearly we had some stuff to say about <laughs> a Star War or two. Um, Awesome. We'll we'll be back again. I uh, I think probably in a couple of weeks. I think that that sounds about right. We'll record another one in a couple of weeks, um, and uh, and we'll talk about the Ahsoka episodes. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. Maybe hopefully maybe we've got like a like a Bad Batch trailer or something to talk about soon. Um, what you know? Oh yeah, we should. Season two coming in like just over a month. Uh, I. Yeah, man, we're so close. We're so close to new Bad Batch, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, I and I'll talk. I'll, you know what? I'll talk. I was gonna say a few things, but we've already been recording for so long. Um, I'll talk about that on the next episode. I'll talk about my impressions of everything that I got from the from the Bad Batch panel celebration. Um, but, it's okay. Uh, all that matters is Gunji, anyways. 
<laughs> I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for it, you guys. I it, my favorite thing in the world, costume change. Uh, yeah, I talked about it all <laughs> last season, right? The whole first yep. season, I'm like, these guys gotta change out of these outfits. And then season two, it's like they changed out of the outfits. They guys. listened. Yeah. Um. I yeah. So uh, we'll we'll be back in in a couple of weeks or so uh, for that, and then uh, and then we'll be back regularly in January to talk all about Bad Batch season two. Uh, and then and then who knows where we'll go from there? Maybe we'll go all the way back to the first season of Clone Wars, and we'll start <laughs> all over again. Frontlines the special edition. Yeah, <laughs> I, I awesome. Well, thank you so much, Joe and Kyle, for uh, indulging and coming back, and talking about Star Wars with me. Oh, of course, it's great to be back. It's more for us than for you, but we're. Ha- we uh <laughs> we're happy to accept awesome uh awesome well i hope everybody's happy to have us all back uh and looking forward to new stuff i i kyle what what do you need to tell the people about what should they go listen to obviously uh Star Wars well, the saga continues but tell them all about it yeah yeah so first and foremost you can also hear me on star wars the saga continues with my co-hosts tim jirasi and paul herman over there we just recorded our 200th episode for our 10-year anniversary um, so that'll yes. be coming out pretty soon. That should be out by the time this episode goes out. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Slim Avery. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's primarily where we're at. I'm, I've jumped over to Hive now. I'm trying that out. I haven't made an account for the Saga Continues over there yet. But uh, yeah, we, we might try that out at some point. But um, yeah, that's where you can hear me talking Star Wars aside from right here with these guys. Awesome. Uh, Joe, what's up with you? Got anything to plug? Got anything important? Uh, sure. I have a newish print out at Acme Archives LTD and darkinkart.com. They're both kind of sister sites of, of uh, Acme's Star Wars fine art. Have a bunch of prints on there. There's a new one called uh, For the Republic. It's a big long boy print, 12 by 36 inches. It's my love letter to clones again for the eighth time. <laughs> uh, so that just came out recently. There's some more coming out pretty soon. So if you keep checking back, uh, there will be those. And hopefully, I mean, one way or another, I will be in London for Star Wars Celebration in April. So uh, hoping, hoping against hope that uh, I will be chosen for the art show and we'll have a table there. But I uh, won't know about that for a while. Um, but either way, if if I... If, if you're going to London and I'm going to London, I hope to run into you there and just say hello. Be like, hey, I know you from that show where uh, Mike Cohen talks for most of it. And then sometimes you and <laughs> you and Kyle get to say words, too. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, that's uh, I think that's it for me. I am not on Hive yet, but probably by the time this goes live, maybe I will be. And uh, yeah, Joe Hogan art on all the all the things. Uh, YouTube, DeviantArt, Instagram, all that good stuff. Awesome. I, yeah, I mean, you, you guys, you guys know me, you know, you know where to find me. I'm uh, at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F on 
Twitter, uh, technically on Instagram, but that one's private now. Um, but because uh, it's mostly just pictures of my kids and then the occasional Lego set that I build. <laughs> uh, but you can follow me on Instagram at Archangel Wolf. Uh, that's uh, Archangel with a K and Wolf with a U. Um, and I uh, see all my Star Wars art and stuff over there. I mean, it's it's November, so I just completed last month uh, my full 31 days of drawing Star Wars characters over there. Um, and I got some other Star Wars stuff that I've drawn recently. Uh, I, and I'm right now I'm working on a Marvel one, actually. I'm working on a, oh. a, a Namor. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, that I'm going to try and get finished in the next couple of days and posted. But uh, I'm also on Hive now uh, at ArcWolf. So come follow me on Hive. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you can also hear me over on the Perfect Ten podcast. Uh, just search Thunderquack Perfect 10 on podcast services and you'll find it. We've got, well, we've got four episodes out right now. We've got Ghostbusters, Transformers, the movie, the soundtrack. Uh, no, we've got five episodes out. Because then we've also got Lore Olympus, uh, A Knight's Tale, and then Kingdom Hearts was the most recent one that we did. And I'll be recording oh, cool. another one for Avatar this week that'll be out in a couple weeks. So um there's that and then uh force perspectives if you're already subscribed to faster more intense then you're subscribed to force perspectives i just took that feed over um instead of starting a new one so that one's already there um yeah uh and uh yeah like go if you if not go subscribe to that um because i'll be i'll be talking about willow on that pretty soon um because that starts november 30th i think um with the first two episodes so i'll I'll put out an episode for that um and then i'll put out an episode every week as new episodes of willow come out i that's it that's it for me i and you guys know the deal with rebel cells just just search up rebel cells is rebel cells podcast on facebook rebel cells on twitter and instagram and by the time that you're listening to this I'm going to go ahead and assume that I've already created one on Hive as well. <laughs> I, I, it's the thing with Hive is that like managing multiple accounts is a pain because you got to sign out and sign back. Yeah. So, that's why I haven't made one they for haven't the saga continues yet. yet. It's a new, it's a very, it's, it's still very fresh over there. They don't, it's not, it's not quite built for creators yet. It's sort of just for individuals, but I think we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Everybody else seems to be figuring it out. I'll figure it out. I, that's it. That's it for this episode. I uh, it's good to be back. I, I enjoyed this greatly. I got to go record another podcast now that we're done this one. Um, when do you sleep? I, I've got <laughs> yes. kids. I've got kids. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, awesome. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you everybody for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about Tales of the Jedi Ahsoka. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again! Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support, 
to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.